Hello and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. Here, we believe success is inevitable and everything is possible. On each episode, we get real about the entrepreneurial journey and look at what it means to lean into your intuition, feel in alignment with your business, have coffee with resistance, and trust in abundance. We answer the tough questions. How can we show up authentically in business, with integrity in relationships, deeply seeking in our spiritual practice, and with grace in motherhood and beyond? This podcast celebrates the anti-hustle, healing from toxic productivity, prioritizing rest, and discovering tools that will support both your healing and business growth journeys. Your time and energy are precious resources, so thank you for being here. Your presence is a gift, and your business is thanking you. Get ready to get real, get honest, and keep Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Authentic Audience Podcast. I am so excited to welcome you to today's episode. This is such an honor for me, truly, to get to connect with one of my vision holders and now dear friends on the podcast. Today, we have Maggie Doyne. She is one of the most inspiring people. I just admire her so much and her truth as a leader, as a mother, just her authenticity and who she is. I'm just so grateful for her and for this connection we have built. And I really feel that that comes through. And today's episode is so close to my heart. If you are not familiar with Maggie, Maggie Duane has dedicated her life to educating children and empowering women in Nepal. She believes that everyone has the power to change the world in the blink of an eye. She is co-founder and CEO of the Blink Now Foundation and author of Between the Mountain and the Sky, A Mother's Story of Love, Loss, Healing, and Hope. While this journey has been filled with adversity and heartache, Maggie shares that inspirational story of how anyone can make a difference. Her message of hope is the one the world needs to hear. Maggie's work has been recognized by the Dalai Lama, Elizabeth Gilbert, Katie Couric, Forbes, Prince Harry, Duchess Meghan of Sussex, as well as the New York Times Magazine. Maggie is (laughs) just the coolest I just wish I could hang out with her all the time. This episode is like such a remembering for me. We talk about her process when writing a book and how she really made the choice to be super honest. I do not want to give away any spoiler alerts, but the book is raw. Maggie gets really, really real about her journey and challenges and all that she's gone through as a mother in Nepal. And I'm just so proud of her. And this episode means so much to me. And I thank you for listening. I thank you for journeying with us. We talk writing, we talk motherhood, we talk entrepreneurship, self-promotion, and so much more. So Thank you for listening and thank you guys for being here. Before I dive into today's episode with you, I did want to remind you of the ways in which we can work together. My signature services menu is back online. These are my one-on-one offers. They're not always available, but I'm really excited as I shift into this next phase of my business to connect with you all even deeper one-on-one if you're ready in your business. This is my favorite way to connect with people. One-on-one allows me to just dive really, really deep and build you a strategy as unique as you. So if you are looking to up-level your business, increase your pricing, launch a new offer, hire, pivot, heal your money story, drop into deeper flow and alignment with your business, these offers are for you. My marketing intensive is my most popular offer. This is a 90 minute deep dive and custom 90 day strategy. 
and you will walk away from this call with an actual strategy that I will build you as well as confidence to move forward and taking the actual steps necessary to create and support the strategy that we outline together. The deeper way to work with me now is in my monthly business mentorship. You can choose four or eight months. This is for you if you are really wanting that accountability and higher touch access to work with me as a coach. This comes with four one-on-one 60-minute business coaching sessions. You get 15% off of all the authentic audience offerings, including but not limited to retreats and agency services. And within my mentorship, you'll also get access to my Witchy Business membership and the Authentic Business Collective during our time working together. And if you're really looking to level up and you have a small but mighty team already that can support execution, day-to-day project management, this is a perfect opportunity to bring me on board to help guide your marketing efforts. This includes monthly strategy, deep dives, as well as weekly check-ins, marketing plans, availability over email and signal, We support with sales funnels, webinars, paid campaigns, email marketing, social media, and launches, and really like having a bird's eye view and full scope of all that is going on, steering those marketing efforts for you. So those are the three ways we can dive in together. If you're just looking to come in, have a really great drop in with me, with your business, develop those goals, create that strategy, the marketing intensive is for you. If you're looking for some more accountability and in-depth time together, that mentorship is calling for you. And if you have that team and are wanting a marketing strategist or consultant to really come in and guide those efforts for the next three or six months, my marketing advisor is for you. For all of this and more, you can go to my website, which is krista.authenticaudience.co, and you can see all the ways in which we can work together there. That's krista.authenticaudience.co. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Maggie, it's been <laughs> 15 thousand years since we've spoken. And I feel so excited to talk to you today because I feel like I know you so much better than the first time. And I was so nervous to interview you. And I just have to say, I'm just, if not more as obsessed with you than I was then just getting to know who you are, reading your book. So much has happened. I can't wait to dive in. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Krista. It's good to be here. Of course. Of course. And I feel like the respect and admiration and obsession right back at you. So we're lucky to have each other. I feel so lucky to know you. I was literally going to say that today. I was just thinking about my day and my schedule. And I kind of like to like, you know, say a little prayer for each person on my schedule, Mm -hmm. just envisioning everything to go smoothly and you know, bring high vibes to my meetings and days. And like, I got to your name and I was like, you know, the gratitude just for what you've done just in your life, but also just our little personal connection that we have in DMs. Um, It's like such a niche of like Nepali mom vibes, (laughs) like how awful and like a beautiful after birth parties, like bodies. It's it's like go through our Instagram DMs and it's like, I know I don't fit into my clothes and oh, birth is so shitty and beautiful. It's all like we're, we're on parallel journeys for sure. Well, I feel like I know you on like a human level now um, because before obviously I had read about you and watched your talks and, you know, obviously huge fan of Blink Now. My Nepali name is Kopila. And so we have a lot in common on that side of things, but it's felt really cool because you are somebody I know so many people look up to like as a vision holder. And for me, that's somebody who like embodies some part or essence of what it is that I'm looking to do. And so seeing you in that way before, but now like as a friend and a mom and like sort of a mentor and like real sister in this like human experience of being 
women in this technology age time place, being moms, running businesses, like there's so much going on in both of our lives. And just to be able to have that little place where it's like, yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard some days. Yeah. <laughs> it's just made me really grateful for you even more as a vision holder, because you're able to just, you know, bring that humanity to it, which is also what I loved so much about your book. And I just have to say, I've read it twice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to go there and write that. It was so moving and deep and I can't imagine how hard to write and I learned so much and I just want to say thank you for that offering and congrats thank you I oh thanks for reading it (laughs) you you know they say don't expect your friends to read your books or like people (laughs) but I I am your forever Didi I'm always here and that book it's like could have gone in lots of directions and I definitely chose to go like straight through the heart (laughs) and I say like people think you know you really know me now (laughs) there's like nothing that I didn't throw in there how was that it was very honest it was so so honest it was grueling and painful and like there were so many hours that I sat down and I was just like, I can't write this book. I shouldn't write this book. Who am I to write this book? It's not the time to write that. Like it was <laughs> a thousand doubts. Like I, I just didn't think I could, should do it. Like I was just like, no, 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 this isn't right. But then I showed up every single day and was just like, I can only write this for me and my truth and what I want to pass on. And all I can do is like take my shame, my pain, (laughs) my questions. Like I I think you go into a book and you like want to have answers. And I I think the turning point for me is like, what if I just wrote my questions, my doubts, my fears, my pain, and then was as brutally honest about it as I can be. And and in the end, I realized that writing is like, uh, you do it for yourself and it's a it's a healing practice and that book was so incredibly healing and I just did it for me in the end and you know the final kind of release was sitting in a little booth during COVID with a microphone and like a production assistant between glass and just having to say it and just crying my way through it I was in Vancouver and I walked out it was pouring rain I just felt like I'd been like cleansed or like my soul had gotten scrubbed clean. And I was like, this is, again, I didn't think I could do it. And then you do that thing you don't think you can do. And you're like, oh, (laughs) it's just magical. And so just like one more thing of just like, we can do anything. And just to do something for you and for your children and nothing else and, and not be attached to the what ifs and the outcome. It's like really a powerful journey that I recommend everyone go on now. I'm a huge fan of this journey for you and for everyone, but I feel like just honoring one writing, you know, I don't want to give anything away if you haven't read the book, but, you know, first of all, like writing and recounting and journaling, like the most just unbelievable, like traumatic just experiences and then having people read that and then saying it like like really reading it out loud most people don't have to relive or don't choose to relive the experiences in such a powerfully vulnerable way and i too find it to be very healing because i share a lot on this podcast Um, This is sort of my outlet as somebody who loves to express and be very true and very honest. And I find it to be really safe here, but I'm very interested. And that's why I'm asking a lot of questions about the book because not just me, but I know so many people are called to write from that space of like memoir. And I don't want to write like a soft business book, which is what everyone's trying to keep pinholing me into. And, and it's like, I want to share like the brutal truth. And I think some of us are just called to do that. And it's why I 
really respect what you shared in the book and just being so open. I think about these universal truths that we all go through, like motherhood, grief, you know, finding a partner, just all of these things. And I guess I didn't expect it to be like how it turned out. And it was incredible. It was like, wow, thank you for like sharing all that. And I just think so many people wouldn't. And having that experience at the end where you're like, I can do anything. I really feel that way when you like share this like deep, vulnerable, personal thing. And it's like you do it for yourself and in this like healing capacity and how you like walk that balance or line of staying in that space and not letting like sort of the self-doubt and the fear and all of those things because it's so loud. And I think it's important to talk about that. It's like always going to be there, even when you're like Maggie Doyne (laughs) writing your book. Yeah. You have like, you know, all these accolades and have been rewarded and recognized and yet still like sharing from that space, it's still sharing from that space. It like doesn't really matter like anything else. It was like a new way of sharing your art in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was totally just one other way of, you know, you have so many choices when you go into any creative project or business endeavor. And for me, I remember being like, I could go anywhere. It could be a how-to guide. It could be an inspirational it could be like a deep dive into looking at nonprofits and philanthropy. It, it could have just right. it could have just been straight up memoir. So so, but I remember saying this line to myself. I actually had to write a letter, which I, you know I write letters to myself to my children, and and this letter it was like came out so clear. This is my story, and it's the only one I'm equipped to tell. And this is my truth. And it's the only truth that I know <laughs> that I'm able to tell. And, and I, I still, I run very anxious. I'm very open about struggling with anxiety and struggling with, you know, mental health things. <laughs> and there's just the only way to heal is by telling the truth and like saying the truth. And once you realize that it's my story. It's the only one I know. It's the only one I'm equipped to tell. And you can really own that and stand in that and claim that with your imperfection, with your shame, with your guilt, with all of the ugly things that are inside of you. (laughs) It makes it less shameful. Like the shame melts away because you're like, it's just the truth. And, And I'm really, really grateful for the women in my life and my collaborators on the book. And and women and authors and writers who have modeled that, you know, Cheryl Strayed was with me on the project, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Gilbert, the whole way through. And they were just like, girl, like, <laughs> you got to say, you say the things. And when you say the things, you find that you can lift out of shame, guilt, pain, grief into mercy and forgiveness and then love because there's no front. It's just that. And we do that for ourselves. And and we all need to claim space to write and share and find creative outlets without that as women, especially as mothers, it gets ugly. (laughs) You know, like, it's not I'm not my best version of myself when I'm not expressing myself and asking questions Mm -hmm. and digging deep. That's why, you know, morning pages and journaling is such a powerful practice. When you get on the other side of saying the hard thing and the truth thing, that's where the healing is. And I'm really yeah. grateful for that. It also gives so many other people permission is what I find. Like as soon as you say something about, you know, I felt like I was the only one struggling with postpartum depression, like when I was weaning or something and, you know, um, or I got you know, postpartum OCD. And I was like, I'm never going to say this out loud. And then sure enough, I recorded a podcast episode and everyone's like, same, you know? And it's like, 
that's the area where we get to sort of come together is in the humanity and in the truth of it. And obviously I'm like sitting here, like, no wonder I'm so drawn to you because I really believe in, I mean, the working title of my book is called tell me the truth. And it's about why we lie, you know, to begin with, to ourselves, to each other, because when we can actually tell the truth, like that's what heals. And it's about honoring the truth really. And it's so beautiful how you did it in the book because it gives other people permission to do the same thing. And, you know, I always say like, as somebody that's like holding space or facilitating a group and so many people are reading your words, it's about opening your heart so that they can open theirs. And I think that's what that book really gives a lot of people permission to do because I didn't know where it was going to go either. It's funny hearing you say that. It was just like, Maggie Doyne wrote a book. I got to read the book. Like it's almost irrelevant. And yet the journey that you took us on was just like such a gift. And now it's been out there. It's how people are meeting you. Like what a crazy thing for people to meet you for the first time in like your deepest, scariest truth. And it's already out there. It's like nothing can hurt you. <laughs> it's also like comforting you. It's like, you know how many therapy sessions it would take to get <laughs> like that far or like how many getting your hair cut and like how to explain to the hairdresser. So I, I it's weird. I feel like this odd sense of comfort when someone says that they've read it. I'm like, okay, then, you know, like, I, <laughs> you know, and we're here. You so let's go. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> We all have to pretend it's like, a, so it does feel like a gift to me when people read it because then I'm like, oh, I don't have to, I don't have to explain certain things and certain elements of, of my life. And, and yeah, it's just one mm-hmm. more, I always say when you're running an organization, a nonprofit, it's like one more thing on the menu of ways to share, to inspire, to kind of put out love and hope and the ripple effects of change and healing and whoever it it takes on a life of its own. And now it's just there. And it's, I can't wait for you to get to, cause you're climbing the mountain right now. <laughs> and I cannot wait for every woman to kind of, who, who takes on a project like this to get to the other side and understand. I mean, I literally use the, like, it feels like Everest ahead of me, you know, like it feels really big, I think. And then once you sort of see, and and even as a marketing person who watches people and coaches people and literally launches people through this process, I'm still like going through that now where I know what needs to come. And it's just about sitting down and doing those pages. And then looking to other people who are, you know, also wearing many different hats. And I think what you were just saying about it being one of these great like things out there, it's like this low ticket, really accessible, really valuable, really personal, an amazing way to meet somebody. I mean, I read that book and that person is the head of the organization that's doing this. I'm giving them my money. Like what an amazing tool to earn trust in like the most authentic way. And I want to talk more about this because I have a lot of questions for you just from a like energetic standpoint, how to really stay in that mindset of continuing to find new ways to breathe life into your messaging and marketing and all of that that you do so well. But I sort of want to bridge that with what's happened between now and since you wrote the book because you've actually gone back to live in Nepal. And although we're speaking, you're in New Jersey, which is so funny because that's where I'm from. Um, you're about to go back and now you have two kids and you're living a life in Nepal. And it's very different than when you're in your twenties living there, running this organization. And I want to talk about just high level first, like logistically (laughs) what your life looks like right now. You know, you've got the book out there, you're running this organization. It's, if you want to just share a little bit, I'm going to give a pretty great intro in the show notes about you and the organization, but just anchor us into like what's happening right now and logistically like how you're, what hats you're even wearing, you know, and how it's working. Awesome. Yeah. So I am 36 years old. 
I moved to Nepal when I was 18. So I'm at this like really interesting life marker where I've been mm. half my life in Nepal, half my life in New Jersey where I'm from. Yeah, I just had my biological little baby son who is named Everest. Ruby, my daughter, our daughter named him that. And our daughter, Ruby, is about to start kindergarten at our full-service community school, which is located in Karnali region of, of Midwestern Nepal. And I'm a CEO of the Blink Now Foundation. It's about changing the world for children, changing the reality that our poorest, most vulnerable children face. And kind of like my passion, my vision, my life's purpose, totally unplanned and <laughs> not expecting for a girl from New Jersey has become creating a world where children are safe and nurtured and educated and loved uh, through community-based development work and through our model at Blink Now. I run the organization with 150 other Nepalese brothers and sisters and aunties and uncles and co-founder and team members. And we're at a really exciting place in our journey of open source modeling, sharing, replicating, franchising, learning and expanding because of the 17 years we put into like like building and creating and in the trenches with really figuring these very complicated issues out. And so we're about to go back. Ruby starts kindergarten. I always said I wanted to create a school that you'd want your child to go to or your little sister, the people that you love, because I always felt like in lesser developed countries, we settle for so much less. And so I wanted to create like this school that every child in the world would want to go to. It's like the dream school. And we set out to do that. We did that. Now my own biological children go there. <laughs> and then I'm at this other stage of life where the initial 40 kids who I brought up in my, my, my 20s as a young mother are launching. So I had college move-ins this week, dorm rooms, first job interviews. So uh, life is really interesting. I've got like my little littles and then I have, I'm young adult parenting, which is a whole nother stage that I can now coach you through <laughs> 20 years from now, which is so much fun. And I love having the whole spectrum of life. And that's, that's, that's me right now. And, and it's messy and we're living out of suitcases my, in my mom's garage. I'm in her basement. We've been moving. I married and fell in love, as you know, with a Canadian guy who was amazing and living in California. So we've just been, we're both busy in our careers and life and we're moving and there's part, so many thousands of parts and pieces to it. But it's felt good. It's felt like a really sweet chapter in, yeah. in the chaos. <laughs> And not being able to fit in my clothes and breastfeeding my 22 month Oh, and, my, and hair falling out. Yeah, yeah. This morning in the shower, I'm just like, no more hair. Like, please stop falling out. It's a lot going on. And I think as women in our 30s, it's just a very busy season. Like also hormonally and like within our like, infrastructure. It's a busy season. And then just being young moms, running jobs, like it's just, it's everything at once. You hit your stride as like, a, you feel so like, I'm like, I feel like I'm doing my best work ever. You know, like I just, this is so exciting. I'm so enough. Yeah. It, it's hot. Like it feels hot. And, and yet, yet <laughs> not, you know, and yet I don't feel very hot. And yet I don't feel hot. Like the time is hot. My work is hot, but I personally am not hot. Hey guys, popping in to share about one of my favorite business hacks for up-leveling my design aesthetic and conversions actually. This is Tonic Site Shop. Whether you're looking for a full website template or some amazing graphics in Canva that are really going to up your social media game, even webinar presentations, you name it, they've got you covered for all things templates around design, copy, making them the best. 
I love Jen, the founder. Tell them I sent you by using code authentic at checkout. You'll get 15% off whatever you order. I cannot recommend them enough. This little business hack has done so much for my website design confidence and has really allowed me to get back to what I love doing. So tonicsiteshop.com code authentic for 15% off. I was really hoping, though, to speak a little bit more to, you know, this is the first time going back, you know, since after COVID that you have your two kids there, your biological kids, and just your experience, I think, as a mom now, having all of these kids graduating and like having this huge life experience, having your biological children go to the school that you grew and like brought up your Nepali children. I'm just like, as a mom, the bursting of just like overwhelm of love and fear. Mm -hmm. I feel in every moment that I think about that, like the capacity to just expand in the way that you have, especially since now like bringing your biological littles back into this space and sending them to the school and I mean, it's got to be a lot of big feelings. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's my home at this point. It's Ruby's home. Yeah, they love it there. Like, she thinks of it as home. Yeah, in a way, I find, like, like being here in New Jersey in my hometown, right now, we're splitting our time, like, eight months of the year in Nepal. We had both of our babies back in California, where my husband's kind of job and career was. And that was a huge decision, right? Because at that point, I was living in Nepal. I had my other children in Nepal. It felt like a massive mega privilege to like make that choice. I felt like I was like, yeah, abandoning you know, the real deal in a way. At this point, we're kind of doing eight months there and, and, and you know, the summer here and, and, of course, anything in between. But I noticed what's coming up is um, I, get, I get a little... People here in Jersey will be like, well, where's Ruby actually going to go to school? <laughs> like, she's not actually going to go, you know. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, no, she actually, like, just did pre-K there, and she's actually going to get her in there. Can I just say that you trolling her <laughs> Nepali could be an entire TikTok account? It is so good hearing Maggie's daughter speak Nepali. She has a very specific intonation that it is. I don't know how to describe it, but when you hear her, she's like yelling at you in Nepali. (laughs) I know. So that happened a few months ago and my team was like, you got to hear it because like it got better that her Nepali just got better than yours. It got better than yours, but then it took on this like funny, like tone and personality. Yeah. So, so we're back and forth between these two worlds. We're figuring out it's messy. Mm -hmm. It's complicated. I have so many privileges there as a, like a living on a communally, like, right. Like in Nepal and you know, this, nothing's done in isolation. You would never like leave, live in a house alone with no one around, (laughs) like not barely seeing your neighbors. It's like what we love about it. It's just so open and flowing and so alive and there's people everywhere and there's community and connection and conversation. And so, and I live on a commune with kids and other caregivers and so much joy and so much love. And a a bell literally rings at six o'clock and it's rice and fresh dal and vegetables that the whole team has worked to cook together. And, and there's a lot of goodness in it. And there's scary things too. Like right now there's a dengue outbreak happening, as you know, but there's like really scary, awful, tragic things about parenting in this North American way of motherhood too, that I find very messed up. And I look at my female kind of friends and North American peers, and I'm like, it's not supposed to be like this. It's not supposed to be like this. So I often think like, you know, you would never, you would never like sit on a bus or an airplane in Nepal and like be worried that your baby's crying, right? Like this is like the best example I have. Like I flew just from California to Jersey and I was like, Everest, like he was screaming, airplane, airplane. He was crying. He was, you would never like 
be on edge. In Nepal, like 10 people would come and like grab your baby and be like, dur, dur, dur. <laughs> like probably try to breastfeed them. And <laughs> like, I just, there's so many amazing. She's not kidding. <laughs> Literally come take the baby and just put them on your, on their breast. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's, it's. <laughs> It's a completely, you know, now that you're explaining it, like even from like the parenting cultural perspective, it's like night and day what, what you're getting access to and what Ruby's getting access to and, and Everest. And I think it's so cool, but also like so big. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different. It's different. Like you would never say in Nepal, like I need to find a babysitter. Cause there's like a hundred people around. It's so, and, and, and yet the way we do motherhood and, and this is speaking from, I'm an expat, you know, it's my home, but I'm also a guest there. It's, it, I'm speaking from a very unique experience and perspective, but there are a lot of things that Nepal as a culture does very, very right. And I'm so lucky to have been welcomed and, and uh, just, I, I'm like a humble, humble, like bow down to so many beautiful things about this place and beautiful things that my children will experience because they get to live there too now. And mm -hmm. they're like, I don't know, I guess in motherhood, we just can't, we have to choose again and again to live in love and live in trust and, and, and follow our intuition. And, and right now I just feel like our life is beautiful and magical there. And I choose it every day and living communally is such a gift. And here I'm like, your house has to be clean. Your uh, child cares will put you in forever debts. Like, uh, how do we do it here? How do people do it? There's so much strange, weird, like it's the system is not set up for mothers. No, <laughs> it's not set up for mothers. And I think when I see your videos, when you are in Nepal, just like the joy not just that comes through from the school in the area, but like from your family being there, like I see Ruby there and I cannot wait to take Kathy to Nepal, like the energy of this place. And I think we spent a lot of time on our first, on our first episode talking about Nepal because I was really in the Nepal bath. I had just spent a ton of time there. We were thinking we were going right back. And then, you know, my hiking stuff is all still in Kathmandu. And I can't wait. Like I dream, you know, I really do dream of this magical place and to be able to actually create a life, you know, like I've said, you know, oh, to bring Kepi into the village and, you know, have her learn Nepali and all this stuff, but to actually do it and make the logistical decisions that you've had to make, like the decision fatigue you must have, <laughs> the amount of questions you must get asked a day. I just think about you a lot. I think about you a lot when I feel stuck and when I'm feeling just, you know, down for whatever reason, body, mind, spirit. And I think about like you in Nepal as like a young girl, really seeing this purpose and vision and like coming back to it every day for literally 18 years and like finding such like deep inspiration and self-love when I think about that journey for myself. And my real like final sort of question for you is like your self-practice to be able to come back to this and like push those, you know, suburban moms over here and, you know, ask for money again and again for your cause versus, you know, all the other amazing causes out there and, you know, promote your book of truth and your story and like continue to be so humble and also like filled with anxiety most of the time. <laughs> What is your routine, like your practice and what brings you back in your mindset, in your body to be able to like give so much, you know, to all of it, but especially on the business side, like it's a lot of magic. Yeah. Yeah. On the business side, I would say we've got a robust board. I'm surrounded by mentors. I'm surrounded by an incredible team. We follow a 10 year strategic plan. It's very thought out. It's very 
Uh, it's legit. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a, it's a organizational plan that we stick to that constantly has checks and balances and that needs a succession plan because Tope, my co-founder and I will only be getting older and, and we work to that plan and we build out the org- organization at the end of the day, it has to exist without a founder and a co-founder, two co-founders, <laughs> and you want it to be there and be enduring and community driven and sustainable. So that is what drives our work kind of every single day behind the scenes. For me, sort of personally, I lead with a lot of gut. I lead with a lot of instincts. I lead with a lot of just a lot of heart, a lot of like doing what feels right, what feels good. If something feels off, like whole body wise, I've always done that. It's never led me astray. That was the beginning of my journey. I listened to a lot of Sarah Blondin. Do you know her? Mm-hmm. On insight. Oh, yeah. She's been such a good guide for me. She's our age too, by the way, and also a mom. But her meditation, I think it was six months ago, she released one and it was, I love you, I'm listening. Like, mm-hmm. I love you, I'm listening. And I cannot tell you how many times a day I use that. Like, I'm listening. Oh, I haven't had water. <laughs> or like... No, this website feels off. I know I like it's like no, this website is off. Something's off about this word. Something's off about that. And I think I I I really really recommend following that inner voice, following those inner instincts. And nobody talks about it except for you. Mm-hmm. And they and and every t- and and they have just never led me astray on hiring. But talking about it in a grounding way, because I think like the word intuition, like you didn't even say that you said, I lead with my gut. Like there's like a more like uh, in that, like, this is not just like airy fairy, like, you know, let me just like, let me just like sit with that and like tune in. No, it's like, close your eyes and feel it in your body yeah, and listen or go for, or move it or and, move, let it move through you. Right. Let it move totally, totally. And when we give ourselves that space, I think that's such good advice because I am moving from decision to decision. And I have this written right here next to me. I worked with somebody who was actually on this podcast, Mel Mahas, and she did a reading for me. And she talked about how important it is for me to micro track my decision making. Mm -hmm. Because I'm constantly making decisions, whether it's for my family, my company, whatever. I'm like, making decisions. So many people are making more decisions than me. You, Trevor is a good friend. Emery's husband, he's like always having to make a million decisions on tour, whatever. And my decision-making is actually best when it's done from my emotional, like sort of sacral place. And I have to write it out. So if I'm like impulsively going through that, like it's not actually giving my body enough time to like really go through that decision making. And so she has me writing down, like, is this my mind circumstance or other people? And if it is like, go back to the decision and try and like sit with it in this new way. And it's completely changed even like certain things in my marriage I'm just sitting with longer and listening deeper and the answers always come and we do not give enough time to sit still. Well, for me, it's sitting still. Like you said, it could be moving it, going for a walk, but like providing yourself that space to like process. And it's counterculture because the culture and the society and the, the scrolling and the constant stimulation and the go, 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 it's not conducive to being like, wait, I need more information. I have more questions. I, this isn't clear to me, or I just need to, I need a night of sleep. And so as I get older, you know, you can either lose that and you get pulled further away or you learn how to come back to that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just very important for women it's important for everyone, but especially us who are like leading these very fast pace. We've got young children, we've got high sped careers, <laughs> we're running big teams. And it's not that you're not operating on facts or statistics or 
information. It's just kind of the ability to digest, know when to pause. And there are certain times when you can, when quick and like, let's just move and you know. But I would say that as a leader and a CEO, I've never, ever like been, that's generally like the common thread that that has worked for me in, in, in strategy, in, in all things big and small. And then you make mistakes and you have to be okay with the mistakes that you make. I've made plenty, dozens, too many to count. Like, and then you know better, you do better and, and you keep going and you don't get too hung up on the mistakes you made or the anxiety of what you're going to make. You just, you just do your best each day. Like that's a big mantra for like, I'm just, I'm just doing the best I can every day mm-hmm. showing up and doing the best I can because I noticed lately I don't know if this has happened to you but even self-care and self-love and self like has become one more metric that I have to achieve and that like I want to be the best I better walk in the morning I better like drink water I better <laughs> take time for my, I better meditate and it's just become this one other thing that I feel that I'm always failing at and so I feel like you just took the words. I literally broke down yesterday because I talked to a nutritionist and I'm like, I'm failing. Like I'm failing myself. I'm not drinking enough water. I'm eating at the wrong times. I'm not taking the right supplements. I'm dying. Kepi won't have a mom. Well, you know what I mean? It's like, I've, I'm failing. Something must fail. Something must, like, it's so hard. And I see all these girls and I'm like, you are not doing that morning practice every day. Like, no, you are not. And it's like, if you are like, that's not even a level, you know, there are certain things. And I think like we each have our level of non-negotiables. But for me, the the biggest like epiphany came. I took a break from social media and I'm like reluctantly back on there posting some things that feel just really energetically rich to post about. But between my anxiety, fearing and worrying and thinking I wasn't enough, combined with the noise from social media of like how I was supposed to be taking care of myself and who I was supposed to be and how I'm supposed to be hustling. But I'm also supposed to be like, you know, bragging about how much I don't work is that's like a cool new thing. And, and I'm like, this is, I don't know who I am in this because this is who social media is telling me to be. And now I'm realizing I'm not my anxiety. So that voice is quieting over there when I'm actually present. And so who the hell am I? I don't know. I have to slow down and tune back in and listen. And the answers I'm getting are so clear, so beautiful, so healing. And it was, it took so much to make that decision to just be quiet and sit still. Like the amount of resistance (laughs) that I feel sometimes to just like sitting down and accepting like what is going on and not listening to everything else out there. And I think that that's just such great advice to come back to. And I'm so glad that that was your advice. Let's be the best at self-care. Let's be the best at our morning routine. So Sarah's thing has worked for me because I'm just like, I love you. I'm listening. What Like, girl, what do do you need right now? It's not like, is this a checklist of one other thing, one other impossible metric? the shame you feel when you eat something that you shouldn't eat. And I'm really, really trying to just be like to love on her and be like, this is, this is hard for all of us. And yeah. And, and like remove the judgment and that constant like narration in your voice of all the things that you're doing wrong. Because we're doing a lot of things right, but it's, you know, and I think the the gut check and the intuition, and I talk about this a lot, you know, and I try and really just get people out of their own way within the business world and the marketing world, because this business, this mission, like obviously what you've created, it's so much bigger than Maggie. Like it's so much bigger than what you could have ever possibly known at 18, but you listened to the calling and continued to like turn Towards, I think of it like sunflowers. It's just like, you know, you're just slowly making these pivots towards that 
calling towards the sun. And, and then look what happens when you do that and just keep going back in and listening and listening and listening. And, and I think you've done it so humbly in such a place of like service, but also like confidence in work. Like you you do it humbly in service, but there's like a confidence that you bring to your work and to the organization, to your writing, whatever message it is that you're sharing that just is so refreshing and honest. And I think a lot of people are really paying attention right now to this next phase for you. Even today, I was reading you, somebody wrote, shout out to Sam, in my DMs. And we were talking about Nepal and just the effect it has. And I was like, I'm having Maggie Dwayne on the podcast. She's like, Maggie Dwayne's a hero of mine. And like, that's so cool that like you are known for doing the thing that you were like called to do. And that's what people know you as. And it's a huge thing. And I'm just like, thank you for honoring it because it's literally my why is watching people and helping people, you know, that have these callings, whatever it is, like listen to it and like find the mindset, the confidence, the self-love, the practice, the support, the intuition, whatever it is to just keep showing up. Because although it's much bigger than you now, like if it wasn't for you doing that fundraising from your neighbors in New Jersey in your like early 20s, it wouldn't be what it is. And it just continues to evolve and iterate, but I'm so excited to see what like comes next because like you said, you can do anything. (laughs) So what's next? I don't know. Uh, Yeah. I, um, I think we can be confident and like stand in our power and our truth and like promote ourselves without shame when you, when you've made those hearts, driven decisions and I always say like because I'm still an anxious speaker and I still have to like a lot of my part in this is that yeah I do go out there and I'm making big asks and it's a nonprofit, and I'm just like right before I get up to speak or make a big ask or you know promote something (laughs) I, I I I say like oh wow like I don't have to make anything up like there's nothing I need to make up because it's just because every step of my life I've tried, you know, if you're honoring, if you're listening, if you're doing the best you can with what, if you're making those decisions, if you're staying in alignment with your truth, you don't have to make, you're not confined to anything. And so we can only do what's the best we have with the information and, 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 and follow our hearts and, and it's going to change. Like, right. Like I'm like right now, the best thing is that we're going to Nepal and we're able to do kindergarten there. And I, I'm not, but I'm not putting myself in a box of what link now or my life or Coppola is going to look like next year because it'll change and it's supposed to be an evolution and we're not always supposed to get it right. And the more that I, yeah, the more that I can accept that, the better, the better I am. And, and, and I just think like, we're all going to fall off track, right? Like Mm -hmm. we are all going to fall off track. And, but are we brave enough to be like, Ooh, something's not right here. Like I need help. Like nutritionist, can you help me out here? Like (laughs) friend, you know, like we all have the, can you help me? Like I'm stuck on this thing. And then you'll realize that you'll build an arsenal and a toolbox of people and women and friends and mentors. It's like, oh, I'm stuck on this thing. And and get you back to that heart space or back to that next right, that just the next right move. And so yeah, I I feel like to answer your big question on how do you do this authentically, it's just like just try to create a life where you don't have to make anything up because <laughs> if you're living your truth, following your path tuning out the rest of this crazy, mad noise and distraction that's coming our way of buy this, do this, look a certain way, mother a certain way. This is what it means to be a woman. This is what it means to be a mother. This is what it means to be a leader. It's like, I, there's, if, if, if you, you can only do what's best for you and stand in your truth and your integrity and your inner knowing. And I, I love that about you 
And having you say that about me was so validating because I'm like, if she thinks it, then maybe it's true. (laughs) I don't think that about myself, but I feel that same way about you. It's like, and maybe that's why we've all been so drawn to each other. It's like, we need to be brave for each other and, and in the sisterhood because like the last generation didn't figure this out. You know, like we have to carry this. We need to figure it out. We need to be truthful and honest so we can lead and guide and, and let others do this too. And I, I, I watch you model that and that's, yeah, we got this. Dee's all, all the way. <laughs> it's so, you know, I say same, no same. So it's like, we're just telling the truth and these totally different parts, you know, of the way the world is going and working. And, and I love seeing that, you know, and recognizing that. And, and so thank you for saying that back and thank you for honoring it for yourself. And, you know, the last thing that you just said that I want to remember is like, you know, just take it project by project day by day. Like we get so permanent in our thinking. And one of my mentors recently just said like, honor the body of work for one to two years until the next body of work taps you on the shoulder. And it's like, I can go hard on something for one to two years. Like, let's go, you know, and not think about past then. And so right now, school in Nepal, 100%. What's best for your family and root? Like, who cares? Like, we're not there. Like, so much can happen. And as far as like, you know, our personal decisions as well as our art and where we're putting our time. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go hard right now for the next one to two years on this thing that's calling me so deeply without having to like worry about putting myself in a box five years from now. And you just reminded me that again in like a totally new way. So thank you. And thank you for being here and just more to come. I just adore you. I mean, you know, I'm obsessed with you. I've been obsessed with you for so long. I'm so lucky to have you. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the real, the real deal. (laughs) All the real deal. The real deal with Maggie Doyne. This could be our new segment. We could go big. What did you suck at? What did you suck at this month? (laughs) These are the ways that I'm sucking at life. (laughs) And that's what we have a whole podcast episode on. And guess what? Everyone's going to feel the same way because that's the thing. And I think, you know, looking at someone like you who like your professional bio or seeing, you know, what you've accomplished being really the same age as me has felt, you know, never has felt like, I don't know, out of reach or whatever, because I feel like the best leaders make us feel better in their presence. And you really do that. Like there's never been a like, oh, you know, what have I accomplished? Or she's created this school in Nepal. Like what have I done? You know, there's nothing like that. It's just like women honoring women, like seeing other women living their truths in their own way, even if it's mothering or parenting or whatever it is totally differently, which I I feel very strongly about the same things you do, which is probably another why we, you know, another reason, but even if it's different, they're recognizing of your truth and mine being different. And I think that's really what I've remembered here again is like, as long as we're doing that, leaning into that, our truth, our knowing from this like deep place of just service, you know, the answers will come, the people will come, you know, people always I think have a lot of fear around this kind of stuff, the book, the launching, the organization, the writing, the mothers, the, the having babies, whatever it is, your next body of work. And what I will say is whatever you're thinking about, talk to it, speak to it, because when it's right, people will rush to support. And I feel like that's happening. That's happened for you over and over again with the book, with, you know, the school, with the organization, like when you stay in that place and it's hot and it's right, like, don't worry about how you get there. The support will come. Oh yeah. It's usually not from the place you think it'll come. (laughs) But yeah, it's always, yeah, it's always, 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 always there and we'll always feel held and embraced and and we can do anything we can create the world we want to live in let's do this in our lifetime maybe live long and healthy and happy lives and 
yeah, like I hope we get many, many more decades here to figure this stuff out. I hope like when we turn a hundred, we do a podcast and we're like, remember how like embarrassed we were that we didn't fit into our clothes for like a year. Our future avatars that don't even have clothes and we're like, you know, dressed as these cool like future avatars, like interviewing each other when we're like not even present because it's going to be a trip. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. I'm happy to be on the journey with you and to have you a part of this community to be able to share you and light you up here. Um, Guys, thanks for being here for this one. Maggie's just, she's a real one. So I know you can feel it. And thanks for being on this journey with us. Until next time, keep growing. Yay. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.